Welcome to the Advancing Your Career in Academia podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Loren M. Hill, a coach and a licensed clinical psychologist in Los Angeles, California. I'll be sharing over 25 years of tips, tools, and advice on advancing your career in academia. For more information, visit our website at theacclivity.com. Hi, I am Dr. Loren M. Hill, and I am your academic career advancement coach. And welcome to my podcast. So today we are sort of coming to the end of summer and most of you now have finished your summer break and you're heading back to your classes. So whether you're teaching or on sabbatical, uh, whatever your university um, or institutional commitments are, well, it's time to start that, right? So we're in the fall term and really this is the beginning of the new academic year. And I'd like for you all to take some time at the beginning of this academic term to just assess where you are, right? So you have your teaching mode, you have your advisees, you know what your scholarship is, um, you've submitted or you're preparing to submit for grants and just all sort of things. And that's all great. And I'm sure you're happy to be doing that, but I really want you all to be thinking about your career, right? So how does all of this fit into your career? And are you on track for advancing the way you'd like to? And some of you may be right on point. You already know that you're submitting for your um, rank promotion this year. So your dossier or your portfolio is ready. Um, others of you may have considered it, but aren't quite sure when the deadlines are. These are all things that you want to be thinking about. Um, and maybe it's not quite time for you to submit for your rank promotion, but it's never too soon to start thinking about compiling everything that you need, getting your rubric, understanding the submission dates, and then having someone review all of your materials. The other thing that, you know, I want you to be thinking about is really your performance review, right? You get one every year. A lot of times people don't think about those until, you know, right about the time that it's time for you to submit your portion of it. And I want you to really think about your review as part of your dossier or your portfolio and Think about how that fits into your career advancement. So one of the things that I'm always reminding people to do is be purposeful about every step or to the degree that you can, because eventually you're going to be looking back on your body of work and really being able to say, you know what, I'm so glad I did this. Um, I might've done this a little differently or wow, there was a great opportunity available for me to take and I was ready for it. So 
I'm going to give you some practical steps today on what to do to make sure that your career is aligning with what your purpose and intentions are, as well as how to fit in your performance review and evaluation with your career goals and how to really maximize um, all of those things that will sort of inform your review and set alongside of your career advancement. So the first thing I want you to do is take some time to assess where you are. Are you succeeding? Have you met your goals? Uh, What are your goals? And who knows about those goals? Do you have, you know, have you had a meeting with your director or your chair? Um, Do you have a partner that you collaborate with? Who knows about these goals and where are they written out or how do you know when you've met them? So take some time, you know, this month to think about your career goals, what success means to you. And, you know, where might you need to pivot or where might you need some support? Um, Where might you need to build out a team member? What organization um, might you need to join that can help you along the way? The next thing I want you to be doing, again, another action item is update your CV, right? So, We kind of know to do this, but oftentimes, you know, work gets in the way and we're not able to do it. And then the next thing you know, the whole year has gone by and you may not have added anything to your CV, although you've done multiple things. So I would like for you to, to start the practice of either updating your CV as soon as you have, you know, presented somewhere, received a grant, you know, gotten a fellowship. Once the the thing has been completed, then put it on your CV. The other thing is, you know, again, time, we don't have time to do a lot of things, but we should be really finding time and making time to do things for ourselves. If you find that, you know, oh, wow, I didn't update my CV, just put it on your calendar to do it at the end of the month, right? So that way you have a regular practice of updating your your CV monthly, right? So that's just another tip that you can use, but you want to stay on top of things. I've worked with people who, you know, have kind of updated in a sort of spotty way. So we've got some things in, some things are not in. Then I have people that I've worked with that didn't even realize that some of the things that they should have been including weren't on there, right? Some community talks or anything that you've been invited to, we want to try to figure out where we can put those on your CD. So it's demonstrating your scholarship and your areas of expertise. Now let's get back to this support thing, right? Do you have adequate adequate support to meet your goals? Remember, we can't do it alone. Although oftentimes we are siloed, or, you know, we're so busy working that we don't even have time to go talk to somebody and check in with them about where we are, or where they are, or how we can help each other. But I really think it's important for you to 
survey the area and see like who can I connect with um, for support and, and who can I support, right? So think about a colleague or a peer, maybe they're at your institution or maybe they're not at your institution, but it's always good to have sort of a a partner or, you know, we remember back in our school days when we had a study buddy, right? But it's just great to have someone to be able to check in with and hold you accountable and you can hold them accountable. You can say, well, you know, I remember you were saying you were going to submit for XYZ publication. Did you get that done? Or, you know, how's that coming along? And so sometimes just having somebody externally check in with you on your goals, like where's your dossier? How's it coming along? You know, are you ready to submit for your rank? Remember the committee is meeting in October. And uh, I know you said you wanted me to take a look at your materials, you know, just to see if they're, they're in good shape. So remember, support is important. So the other thing that I want you to be thinking about in terms of sort of, you know, what to put on your plate, right? So we're thinking about our career, we're thinking about our CV, and it can be a lot, right? So you've got all of these scholarship commitments, you have your advisees, you have your various types of research and grants, and you have your committee um, institutional committee uh, commitments, as well as departmental commitments. And so what can happen is we will have all of this work because we have, you know, said yes to a number of things. Some of them we really don't have a choice about, but a few other things we may have said yes to when perhaps we may not have needed to say yes to. So one of the things that I would like for you to really embrace is the power of the pause. So the next time you are asked to serve on a committee, on a dissertation, on a talk, on a whatever, or even, you know, take on another class, think about this for just a second. It may be a little difficult because we aren't really conditioned this way. Think about pausing. And while you're pausing, go through this quick little exercise. Um, if the person needs an answer right then, and you know, oftentimes they don't, but there are some times where you're being asked and they have to know right then. So before you immediately respond, just pause and say, you know, can I get back to you um, or can you give me a second? And if they can, great, right? Take that time to then do the following. So in your head, if you have to give the answer quickly, think about these three buckets. Yes, maybe or no, right? So there are times when we are all about the yes, right? Like, yes, this is great. I would do it. You know, if you hadn't asked me, I would have volunteered for it. But I want you to even pause with that 
because while you're saying yes to something, you that means your time is going to be committed to that thing when you've got a ton of other things to talk to work on, right? We've already talked about workload. Many of you are telling me that you're, you know, having to do even more teaching, your teaching load has gotten larger, um, or your advisee list has gotten larger. So anytime you're saying yes to anything, that means something else, you know, you've got to find the time to fit that in. So the next category is maybe, right? So in the maybe, you're like, mm, maybe I could do this, or maybe I don't want to do it, but I really need to kind of figure out if this is a go or a no, right? And only you would know that, but it, it's a great way to just sort of sit with it. And, you know, it's a, not a firm yes, it's not a firm no, but, you know, maybe could mean that mm, not right now or in time or, or I don't know, right? You just sit with it. A no is <laughs> as we have heard before, no is a complete sentence. But while you're doing this exercise of your yes, no, and maybe, I want you to really consider why you're saying no to it. Are you saying no because you don't have time for it? Are you saying no because it's just not something you're interested in? But go through the exercise of why am I saying no to this? I've had people say no to opportunities that when we talked about it later, I'm like, wow, that really could have been a yes for you. It fit nicely in your goals. You could have made time for it. It would have been an opportunity to do something interesting and different. Um, it might have taken you out of your comfort zone, but that could have been a yes instead of a no. So again, if you have to give the answer quickly, remember, you can always say, can you give me a minute uh, and I'll get back to you and then, you know, do so as quickly as you can. But if you have more time to sit with this exercise of yes, no, or maybe, then go through it right? Really think about how this fits in your goals, how it fits in your career, you know, what kind of support you have around it. Who can you call in to kind of talk it over? Sometimes it's good to have a sounding board for your yes, no, and maybe. And that person could be someone who's not in your institution. Remember, I talked a few minutes ago about your support and how that could be a colleague or a peer who's not there. So, you know, you're getting a different perspective. The next thing that I would like for you all to be considering is really your one-on-one -on -one meetings with your supervisor, whether that's your chair, your dean, your whoever you report directly to upward, right? And so it's really interesting because I've been having a lot of um, sessions with my coaches and people that I work with. And I'm always asking them if they're using their one-on-one -on -one meetings effectively. And the reason that I started asking this upfront is because I remember um, when I was 
department chair and well, actually when I was faculty and I got my performance review and I looked at it and I thought, mm, there seems to be quite a bit missing here. And I, I didn't know why I was a bit confused by that. And so, you know, I just talked it over with my chair and uh, it was kind of surprising to me that my chair was like, oh, I didn't even realize you were doing that stuff. And so I thought to myself, well, that's interesting because half of this stuff you gave me to do, right? So I, I was like, it gave me pause. So then when I became chair, I really understood like, oh, you can't know everything that your faculty or your staff are doing um, because you're doing a bunch of stuff yourself. And unless someone has told you or reminded you, you it just really goes out of your head. And it's not because, you know, anything bad is going on. It's just that whoever your supervisor is, remember they're supervising other people and they're being supervised and they're managing a department or an institute and it could just be a lot going on. So this is why it is important to take advantage of your one-on-one -on -one meetings with your supervisor. Have them monthly. Some people say, oh, that's too much. Well, it's your evaluation, it's your supervisor. You want them to know what is going on. And this will help with documentation, right? So then, you know, who wants to have another meeting? I get it, I get it. But this is your career. So you want to be in charge. So here's a quick tip for maximizing, maximizing your one-on-one -on -one meetings with your supervisor. They don't have to be long, <laughs> right? You just need to have them frequently so that you stay top of mind and your projects stay top of mind. So, you know, maybe the first meeting of the term with your one-on-one -on -one might be about 20 minutes or something like that. They're checking in with you, you're checking in with them. And then the rest of your meetings could be as quick as 15 minutes, right? You're really just using these meetings to update them on what you're doing and them to check in with you on your progress. So then by the time it gets to your performance review, everything that you've included in there and why you think you deserve fives across the board <laughs> are included, right? This also gives you an opportunity to really determine like, are you and your supervisor on the same page? Um, are they, do they get you? Are they supporting you? Are there any bumps in the road? Do you need to get with HR to kind of figure out? Because really the last thing you want to do is be blindsided um, by a poor performance review or even a performance improvement plan. Um, this can sometimes be avoided by just having regular meetings with your supervisors. So I know you're like, oh, you know, Loren, the performance review isn't due for several months. Well, let me tell you, May is going to be here pretty soon. So don't wait, right? Try to get these uh, meetings scheduled. And, you know, it's just a great opportunity to 
just engage with your supervisor and they can see all the great work that you're doing and support you. Remember, we need as much support as possible. And if this is, you know, one of those situations where um, maybe you're not getting all the support that you need from your chair or your dean or your program manager, you know, whatever their title is, it could be a good opportunity to, to reach out to a coach um, to find out really how to navigate um, you know, those relationships um, and sort of manage up because that is something that a skill that we need um, when we are having some challenging times and you know quite a few people are. So think about that and you know, I think one of the last things I will leave you all with in terms of action items, that is, would be to, as you go into your academic year, you know, every year, think about doing a self-assessment um, at the beginning and the end of each term, right? We get our student evaluations. I get that. But uh, that's just a small part of what we have to include generally in our um, dossiers. Uh, they're looked at for our performance reviews. And we know that only highly motivated students <laughs> fill those out, right? So you're either going to get the students who are crazy about you or the students who, uh, you know, are not really happy. Let's just put it that way. So, but some of the feedback in those um, reviews from students can be very helpful, right? Um, I, I, there have been a few times where some of the students took that opportunity to say, you know what, I, I thought this presentation was great, but, you know, I would have liked to have seen a bit more about this, or they've even recommended, you know, literature or resources. So take that in, but be thinking about your own self-assessment, right? Where, where did, is this term going in terms of my career? Like, all right, I've taught this class for the 50th time. Is it stale? Do I need to update it? What do I need to do? Or great, they've given me a new class, a new course, and um, I'm really excited about it. And I think this will fit nicely. I can, you know, recruit some students to work with me on some projects. Just think about like, what is this term going to look like for you? And then at the end of the term, you can assess like, wow, how did that go for me? Or where were there some bumps in the roads? Or where could I have made some more time for myself? Or, you know, I really should have spent more time writing um, or seeking out a grant. W what could I have done differently? And so again, you know, this is just a good practice so that you keep yourself on track. And, you know, some of the things that you may have wanted to do, you could have, you know, maybe put those in what is sometimes called a parking lot. So you can revisit those. But looking at your academic year from the beginning to the end is important. Do it on the front end, do it during the terms, and then do it on the back end. Remembering that, you know, these are all things that are steps and action items that are going to take you 
in the direction of advancing your career the way you want it. So let's get that CV updated, you know, put it on your schedule monthly um, at the very least, if you can do it every time that you do a presentation or you have some scholarship or you, you know, have a grant or a fellowship, it's great to do it then. But if not, monthly is fine. And if time gets away from you, it's not a problem. Do it at the end of the next month, right? Because I'm sure you'll have something on there. Um, remember to check in with your support system, right? See who you have on your team, internal or external. Have your monthly one-on-one -on -one meetings with your supervisors so that they know the projects that you're working on. And then, you know, continue to put yourself first by looking forward and then reflecting backwards to see and this is great data for yourself and it helps to give you a very good perspective and getting those goals checked off as you ascend through your career. And remember, um, I am here to support you and it is all about your academic career advancement. And thank you again for tuning in and we're going to have some great um, guest this coming academic year. So be well. And I am LaBren M. Hill, your academic career coach. Um, and I look forward to being with you again very soon. I hope you enjoyed today's session. Thank you for listening. And if you're looking to advance your career in academia and you'd like to talk, please schedule a call on my calendar. It's a no obligation call and we'll have a quick chat and I'll see if I can help you out and answer any questions you might have. Continue to connect with me by going to theacclivity.com and on Facebook and LinkedIn. Be sure to subscribe to the Advancing Your Career in Academia podcast and you'll be instantly notified when the new podcasts are available. Don't forget to like us.